Welcome to Pro Bull Talk, where it's all talk and no bull. Get ready to slide and ride. This episode is brought to you by Sutherland Logistics. Hello, guys. Welcome back to another great episode of Pro Bull Talk, where it's all talk and no bull. And we're gathered here today with the same old crew, the one and only Mr. Cody Hart, Blake Skaggs, Minnie Buckers, and the one and only Briar Hart. But today we got a special guest, and I was excited for this show. We get to bring on the one, the only, Mr. Brian Pee Wee Herman is with us here today. Hello, everybody. Yes, yeah, sir. Pee Wee's had a long, illustrious career, uh, a lot longer than he is tall. Exactly. <laughs> um, but uh, I, I, I was fortunate enough to ride with him a little bit towards both the end of mine and his career. But uh, Pee Wee, man, it's good to see you. What have you been up to, Pods? Man, it, like I said, it's great to see you guys. Great to talk to you, Cody. Uh, just, just living, just living life after bull riding. That's all <laughs> it ain't it ain't that easy, is it? And no, it's not. It's it's you gotta you gotta actually grow up and be in a responsible <laughs> job as an adult. And uh, yeah, and go to work every day. Got to get up every morning. Got to go to bed early every night. And you know, and just come home and. <laughs> Mow the yard, you know, stuff like me. Mean, <laughs> stuff, stuff you used to hear people say about all the time, you had no idea what they're talking about. Yeah, that's what I do now. Yeah. <laughs> well, I know how you got started and, and everything, but for the viewers and everybody, tell us how you kind of got started into the bull riding and, and got, got going. Well, bull riding, for some stupid reason, was something I wanted to do since I was just a little bitty baby. Uh, I can remember in kindergarten, teacher asked you to, to, to paint a color picture of what you want to be when you grew up. Everybody put, you know, firemen, doctors, you know, stuff like I painted a bull ride. And I have not, from the time I was five, six years old till I was 18 and graduated, I, that's all I wanted to do. That was it. I knew exactly what I wanted to do when I was in kindergarten. And that's what I did. Nothing else. Nothing else mattered. So <laughs> that's good. <laughs> well, where'd you get on your first one at? In Yokum, Texas. Yeah. I was that this deal called I was actually I started out running barrels, roping calves, stuff like that. I was probably five, six years old. So you started out as a barrel racer. <laughs> oh yeah, I was a you big don't barrel get racer. That story big very much, you know, these top bull riders starting out as barrel racers. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. The, and the stay on jug, y'all you had to be able to ride a little bit stay on jug. Anyway, <laughs> uh they got finished running barrels and they were roping steers and stuff and they run a few steers in there and and I was sitting on the fence and next thing I knew my uncle Carly and Craig, they grabbed me and threw me on the back of a steer and I was screaming and crying like a little girl and and they said, I thought you wanted to be a bull rider. I said, yeah, well, I do. Well, here's your chance. So I just, all right, let's do this. So I, I nodded my head and never looked back. <laughs> yeah. And you, you, uh, you high, did you high school rodeo any or just? Oh, yeah. yeah I, I rodeoed, uh, like I said, from the time I was a little bitty kid, up right all through high school, junior high, high school and all that. And I worked, I worked every event uh, growing up. Big time, of course, down in South Texas, where I'm from, Victoria, there, big time event, big time event area. There wasn't too many rough stock riders down there. Yeah. Uh, but also, I worked bull riding and the bear and, and the bronc riding, you know, in high school, and I ran barrels, rode calves. Uh, the only event I did not do growing up was bulldogs. 
my mom my mom told me it was too dangerous and I couldn't <laughs> I couldn't bulldog. I could I could ride any bull, any bronc I wanted to, but bulldog was too dangerous and she didn't allow me to do it. So anyway, there you go. <laughs> I was wondering what the thought process of that was. Yeah, exactly. I have no idea. I have no idea. Yeah, yeah. You can go get on that big brindle over there. It's hooking everybody, but no, you're not entering the bulldog. You're not going to enter that. You're not going to go dog get, try to take that little steer down over there. No, no, no. You're not doing that. <laughs> but I did enter the bulldog in uh, in college when I was going to McNeese. James Boudreaux is having the McNeese uh, College Rodeo. I've never bulldogged because I wasn't allowed to. Boudreaux <laughs> never bulldogged either. Of course, he's from Hackberry, Louisiana, where that's all they do is bulldog down there. And uh, McNeese Rodeo was coming to town, and they said, hey, Herman, let's enter the bulldogging. And I said, what? He goes, you entered, I'll enter. And I said, I've never done it. He goes, I've never done it either. All right. Well, the deal was we'll enter it. Neither one of us could practice. We couldn't shoot dog. I mean, nothing. Just had to get on and do it. All right. <laughs> Let's do this. So I entered it. And uh, just so happened, I was on Friday night show. I was the first bulldogger out. I jumped on the horse, was riding in the box. Boudreaux was sitting there and was standing there, and he starts laughing. I said, what's so funny? He goes, I didn't enter. <laughs> so <laughs> as I was backing in, as I was backing in, I, okay, so let's do this. I nodded. uh Probably the best thing that happened in my life. That steer stepped out of there, set up, and I rode by and never looked back. So, <laughs> that's my bulldogging career right there. <laughs> that's funny business right there. I'm so happy. That steer stepped out of there and set up, and I just kicked and rode, man. <laughs> Let's go. You thought it was a race to the other end. <laughs> I win. Yeah. <laughs> so how old were you when you started pro, when you went pro? Uh, 18, uh, I had, uh, I turned 18 in September in 89 and, uh, I, I all as well as wait and turn 18 to buy my permit. You know, there wasn't a PBR back then. I just had, you know, you rodeo it, yeah. but I couldn't start competing until after football season. Cause I played high school football and also was a pole vaulter in track in high school. And I couldn't compete professionally until high school sports were over. So I had to wait till after football season. Since football season's over, I started entering rodeos. And uh, back then, uh, you'd, you'd enter everything that took permits, especially in Texas, you know, but you'd enter 10 rodeos, you might get entered in one, maybe. Yeah. Uh, everything was filled up. So you started entering rodeos in Wisconsin, Minnesota, Arizona, whatever took permits, you entered it. Hopefully mm -hmm. you got in something. Yeah. And that's kind of the way it, that's the way it went. I finally got into a few and filled my permit and, and started rodeo. Of course, I was trying to, I was trying to do college too. At the same time, I was focused on, you know, college, college rodeo and all that. And I didn't really start rodeoing full time until 93. And that's when I got in with Brent Thurman, Michael Gaffney and all those guys. Yeah. The next year I made my first NFR. So yeah, well, back pretty then. much. They did it, you know. Yeah. Hey, follow me. So, yeah. all right. So, I jumped back, in and went with Back then, like you were saying, it was hard to get into that Texas circuit and enter rodeos around there because there was so many guys, good guys going oh, that it was geez. it was tough to keep up. It's different now. I mean, there's guys you can just go enter anywhere now. You would pick where you want to go and go. I rode in the slack. 
<laughs> in the late 80s and 90s, I entered front row deals and rode in the slack. And it was full. Yeah. Yeah, yeah now they're begging riders to get on. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and, and that's that's one thing. I see, like, like you know, practice pins and stuff around here. They're paying guys, hey, I'll pay you so much to get on. You know, and back when I was in high school and stuff, we'd go off the big guards. I was at a Joaquin's place, and you'd have to pay them. 10, mm-hmm. 20 bucks to get on a book. Mm-hmm. You know, now they're trying to pay you to get on. You know, yes. Yeah. I mean, you say up your money, mowing lawns, do whatever you do all week to get up money to go get on bulls on Sunday at Big Gardens Place. You know, that's, yeah. You know, so. Well, how'd you do it your first NFR? You rodeoed all year. What place did you go into the finals at? We got the NFR coming up. So. Uh, I'm always, I was always a middle of the road guy. <laughs> Every <laughs> finals I went to, you know, when you go into NFR, Top five guys get all the media. The bottom five guys get all the media. The guys in the middle, nobody ever talks about. That Six was me, through ten. my whole career. So, anyway, <laughs> I was kind of the guy in the, in the shadows. <laughs> well, well, I was a little short, too, and I got overlooked, too. <laughs> <laughs> you talk Cody Hart. I can remember Cody Hart going to the – when I was – on those was that the Super Bowls? Is that what yeah, they were oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, when you were like, what, 10 – 12 <laughs> and you were beating everybody out of yeah i remember you <laughs> yeah so how many trips you have to them at far three three trips three trips three i went 94 95 96 i was having my best year ever i was either winning the world or in the top five all year long over the fourth i dislocated my elbow took me out the rest of the season uh. i still finished right outside top 15 97, uh, I was with uh, Rodeo with Aaron Seamus, and we was saying, let's just go through the, all the cups and all the bigger rodeos. Let's see if we can make it, you know, not mm-hmm. go into every single thing. So that's what we did and got to the end of the year. It got to right before the Cow Palace, right before the end of the year. Uh, me, Aaron, and Tuff were like either right outside top 15 or right in top 15. And we were going, I was going everywhere. I was going to places I didn't know existed. I mean, he was going <laughs> everywhere. And Tuff was on the phone the whole time to the Cow Palace. Hey, did such and such rise? Because it all depend on what happened at the Cow Palace, whether right. we can make it or not. And uh, we was somewhere, somewhere. I don't even know where he was at. We were somewhere in Washington, Northwest, somewhere. And I just, I just placed in that rodeo, won a little bit of money. And Tuff had it all figured out by the end of the rodeo. He finished 16th. I finished 17th. Aaron finished 20th. So neither one of us made it. Anyway, <laughs> that was 97. 98, I was plumb pissed off. I said, oh, I'm going back to the finals. So I went went again in 98. I finished in the top five that year. So, And then after 98, the Monday, final finals ended, ended on a Sunday in 98. Monday, I got married. Uh, nine months later after that, I had my first kid. I said, I'm, I'm just going to the Cups, <laughs> you know. Yeah. Uh, stayed home, being a family man, everything. Just yeah. going to the Cups. And then I went on the summer run, you know, every year. But, yeah. Uh, That's I, what I like about rodeo. the PBR. Because I tried to do a little pro rodeo, and it was kind of when PBR and PRCA was having their pissing contest. And yeah. I, I chose the PBR because I'm more of a homebody. I like to stay at home and – at least back then, PBR, you you knew where you was going two or three months ahead of time if you was healthy. Yeah, exactly. You know, and uh, you could get them cheaper flights and get in and get out of there a little better. 
And you got on better bulls back then than you did in PRCA yeah, most of the time. I'll tell you, when I first started, when I started rodeoing, I got in with Brent and Michael and Randy Thornton and Dax Lackey and all those guys. Oh, man, we rodeoed. I had to supply the van. That was, you know, I, they let me rodeo with them if I, if I bought a van. So anyway, I bought a van and, uh, we went and man, we just, we went and went and went. And it was, that was probably the fun, some of the funnest I've had, you know, yeah. just steadily going all the time, getting on whatever, wherever, you know, and yeah, that was, that was pretty cool. So you made the NFR what, three times you said? Yeah. And how many times did you make the PBR finals? 14. 14 times. Yeah. 14 times is a big show. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. What was yeah. the last year you went? The last year I went? Yeah. I, I'm not even I'm sure. I'm thinking 2010, 11, something like that. I, I was 40 years old. Wow. I know I knew that much. <laughs> I was forty years old and I was all, all right, what what am I supposed to try to ride tonight? All right. <laughs> <laughs> what time to show over is way past my Yeah, place. man, I got to go. Especially when you get older and you're used to getting up early when you're in Vegas, I'm Cody, you might well maybe not. Probably you don't, but older guys will. You're up at like three in the morning. You know, down uh-huh. there drinking coffee, uh-huh. you know, looking, yeah, you at, looking at razors sitting still at the card table, you know, uh-huh. when you're, you're having breakfast, you know. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. There's been many a time I've left, I've left midnight, one o'clock, left razor at the gambling tables and went up the room and got up the next morning, come back and he sat in the same chair. Oh yeah. Sitting <laughs> in the same spot. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You go in there, have your breakfast, drink coffee. See you later. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> What's the highest you finish in the PBR? World Finals, uh, in the top ten, probably. Uh, I, I, I was around a long time because that's all I could do. I was never really a threat, to be honest with you. I mean, I, I wasn't. I, I, I look back at it now. I mean, yeah, I could ride, but I, as far as being a threat for a world title in the PBR, I, I never, never, never got that far. So. Well, how I just couldn't. They they bucked too hard. <laughs> <laughs> when well, when you get to the PBR finals, every round's getting on the short round bull, and mm-hmm. that's what I always had problems with is riding the short round bull. <laughs> <And now, yeah. laughs> I can ride them first round, second round bulls. Oh yeah, running short round bulls in there. That's where I ran in. Yeah, finals. you better get them in them long rounds before the short round comes around. <laughs> No, I've seen you ride quite a few good ones, though. I rode a few, yeah. They jumped under me a couple times when I wasn't expecting it. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. Well, i tell you what, we're going to get back to more with Brian Herman here in just a minute when we get a word from our great sponsors. This episode is brought to you by Dennis Davis Bucking Bulls, Glory Cranch, Sutherland Logistics, Blake Skaggs Bucking Bulls, Crenton Stitch Company, Benchmark Custom Buckles and Western Jewelry, SK Leather, Kirk Martin Logging, The Hat Shack, and Cactus Rodeo. So what's one of the funniest stories you got about Cody? Oh, my. Oh, what's... my God. Uh, <laughs> yeah. That you can tell on air. Yeah. Well, well, the one thing that always – Cody – I mean, Cody was so great. I mean, that was some of the best – my PBR years was rooming with Cody. It was always, <laughs> there was always something going on. <laughs> you know, 
and Cody was Cody. I mean, it was it was awesome. You know, the, the Frito story. And Cody yeah. knows the Frito. Story. Uh, I do know the Frito. I, I told Briar. I've told Briar a couple times, but I said I, we got to get Pee Wee. Hey, Frito hey, how about the wheel in the sky keeps on turning? <laughs> <laughs> oh, geez, uh, the ringtone. <laughs> <laughs> he, wanted to, he wanted to take my phone and throw it out the hotel. <laughs> Mama was trying to get a hold of him now. <laughs> the Fritos story that was back when Fritos would bring in cases of uh, queso and cases of bean dip and Fritos, and that was for the contestants to, to enjoy, you know. Mm-hmm. And I'd always grab a bag of Fritos, can of queso, can of bean dip, and I'd take it home to the kids, and they could not wait for me to get home on Sundays because I'd have their Fritos and bean dip and cheese dip, you know, the queso and all that. You know. And uh, anyway, I had an early flight Sunday morning, and so I stayed in home. I stayed in the room that night, and Cody come back from from wherever he went, and, <laughs> and uh, out at the bar, right? I heard boys over there at the table and. Signing. And Cody, he opened up my bag of Fritos and my bean dip and my queso and was eating it all. And I said, Cody, I said, that's that's for my kids. <laughs> you know, I, I can't tell you what he told me, but yeah, you can. it was really funny. Anyway, I had like, well, all the bean dip was gone. Half, maybe half a can of queso and half a bag of Fritos to bring back to the kids. Anyway, I, it was, I told him Cody. Cody ate the rest of it. Yeah. <laughs> but to be honest, looked, there was – a little bit more happened, but I'm not going to mention. That's about as far as we're going to go with this story. <laughs> I know I know the finer details, and it's hilarious. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure you do. I'm but sure what he's do. not saying is it wasn't one bag of chips, and it wasn't one bag of little bean dip. He would get – he had a backpack, and he would go in the locker room and, and just throw all them little single bags and all the little <laughs> bean dips and cheese dip yeah. in there and fill it up. I didn't eat all of it. I just had a bag, a couple right of bags, on. and a couple. You know, I didn't eat all of it. I well, that was for the plane ride on me. <laughs> and lean your seat back. You get out your bean dip. And you get, oh yeah. You get, <laughs> 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 That's for that two or three hour flight home. Well, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I got in trouble over the bean dip. Free those. Yeah. When did y'all start like traveling or rooming together? It was, geez, I was probably almost at the end of my career, maybe. Well, in the middle of my career, I was probably in my mid thirties, probably. Uh, probably like Cody had already been world champion. Oh four, oh six, oh seven, somewhere in there, maybe. Yeah, yeah. something like that. Something yeah. like that. You know, Cody. Cody was Cody. He was he was the man, you know, and and uh, I was just it was just really really great to to room with him and travel with him and get you know get to know him as well as I did. So, well, I got to say the same thing. I, if it hadn't been for you, I think I'd have, I'd have I don't know. You kind of kept me a little straight there a little while, but we did we did get into a little mischief throughout the time. We had some fun. Yeah, yeah. What kind yeah, of mischief? What kind well, of mischief? There was that time I got caught on the wrong side of a big fence I couldn't crawl over. But anyway, (laughs) (laughs) okay, come on. Really, it was a really tall chain link fence I was trying to crawl over to get to Cody, 
and I couldn't do it. I didn't know if maybe we needed to tunnel under it or find a way around or crawl over. I can't remember what exactly was going on. I can't either, but I remember you on the other side of the fence. I remember that. Though. I was screaming, Kodak, I ain't going to let <laughs> Dig a hole underneath, I'll just crawl under <laughs> Well, I, honestly, this is – here. I think this is how we got to – I think I remember how we got to rooming together and we would went to, uh, or out, we would, or the PBR was going to, uh, Nampa or somewhere and we get up to Nampa and I go to check in my room and the hotel says, you're already checked in. I said, what do you mean? I remember this. Yeah. I said, what do you mean? And they go, yeah, your wife's already checked in. I said, excuse me? My wife dropped me off at the airport in DFW a couple hours ago. And it was, I got, I went and checked the room, and there was this crazy lady in there, and I was like, uh-uh, no way, I ain't staying in this sucker. And Pee-wee come in to check in. He was on the same flight, I think. And I said, hey, Pee-wee, I got, man, you got room up together, buddy. Anybody staying with you? Because if so, I'm, if not, I'm with you. And I think that's kind of how we got started. And they wound up kicking her out of the room. And I remember that girl. She would hang out there in the Northwest. It was in, up in the Northwest somewhere. Yeah. Yeah. And she would. Psycho. Yeah, and she would. She was like a psycho yeah. PBR man. Well, she, yeah. uh, later that year, she caught a bus from who knows where and went all the way down to Decab, Texas and hitchhiked over to Mike White's house. Mike White's house. Yeah. I remember that. Yeah. That's the same White's crazy. House. Wow. Yeah. What the heck? Man. Yeah. <laughs> and my, I think Mike, Weaves, Mike, Mike White's wife about whooped her butt and kicked her off yeah. the place, called the cops, had her arrested, hold it, get her out of there. Yeah. <laughs> And she's well, just probably the big reason why I never become a big star in the PBR because I didn't want her showing up down in Victoria. And- <laughs> <laughs> I, I didn't need I didn't need that in my life. <laughs> we went to Bismarck up there after after the or right before the Mike White deal. She did. We got to uh, we got to Bismarck up there. Chad's term big term pros he had up there, and uh, she kept running around there saying she's Lane Frost's daughter. And I knew right yeah, then she was a looney tune. I mean, the cheese has <laughs> slid right off her damn cracker now. Polkies, we was all at Polkies, and I think she tried to show up there, and we ran her off from there too. Yeah, yeah, she flat scared me in Napa, and that's why I started staying with Pee Wee. I said, "You got to protect me, old like man." Like that movie, the number one fan. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so is Pee Wee the one that Majin's wear or put the tampons in your pocket? Well, that, that was who, you know, who made that you? was the funny thing. Pee Wee did that. You know, I guess who was you rodeoing with that got started? The tampon in the pocket trick. I actually got that trick from Sean Egg is where I got that trick, but it was way that was way before. That yeah, was way before. Yeah, I cannot remember. I don't remember where that where that <laughs> came from. It was. It might have had something to do with Joaquin. Uh, <laughs> And we all got that from Sean Egg, uh, yeah. but anyway, yeah, that's where that's where Sean Egg originated. Yeah, that. the rule was is if you didn't, if you uh, if you was a if you was rodeoing together and you went by this rule, whoever placed last or didn't win anything had to put a box of tampons tampons in your front pocket yeah. and you had to wear it everywhere. 
until yeah. you beat until yeah. you beat somebody, and then they took it over. Mm. Yeah, that yeah. makes you try a little Herman, harder. Herman had a little bit to do with that, also. I remember that in the van <laughs> with those guys. Uh, yeah, I believe that originated from Sean Egg, though, way way back in the day. So yeah. Well, who uh, he'd wear one? He'd wear one tied around his hat, hat band. <laughs> <laughs> he'd tie it around his hat band, and that's where how it started. And I asked him about it, and he, he told me about it. And then we was kind of traveling together, so it kind of went that way. And luckily, I don't remember. I probably did, but I didn't remember tying one to my hat band. But I probably had to. <laughs> <laughs> That's wow. pretty yeah, good stuff. String, you know that string that ain't yeah yeah that, <laughs> yeah. It flaps around like a feather. You know the feathers of yeah. Oklahoma guys. Yeah. How'd you get in the bull riding? Well, I pulled some strings. <laughs> <laughs> but it was a tampon. Instead of a feather, it was a tampon. <laughs> wow. <laughs> so, how what was uh did you win that? Did you ever win the average at the NFR or place pretty high in the average there? Or? Yeah, uh, uh, yeah, I, I place. You know, I think I place in top five. You know, and, yeah. and always place at the bottom pretty much. You know, the only, <laughs> the only average I actually ever won. I won Texas Circuit Finals in '94. Won the average there. Won the circuit that year. Uh, won the average at the. Touring Pro Finals one year, then end up yeah. winning Touring Pro. The one in Denver. Yeah. 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 Actually, for a guy that never won any average in his life, I went up there and won like every round. <laughs> I won every round. <laughs> what year was that? I guess, I guess you win. All right. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. What year was that? Do you remember? Ninety-eight, I think. Ninety-eight. Yeah, it was like I stuck my hand in rope and nodded, and I couldn't do anything wrong. I, yeah, I, I wouldn't even try it anymore. I'd, I'd win the round. Then yep. I'd right, win the next round. I wouldn't know. I won the next round. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> I didn't ride a single bull up there that year. I remember. That was a picture of me on Dr. Dre. And I when I got off of him, I really thought about maybe quitting. He drilled me yeah. so freaking hard. You remember that Dr. Dre, that Jerome Ball? You should have watched me. I would have showed you how to do it. <laughs> that weekend, I'm sure. <laughs> so why why at 40 did you decide to retire? You think you were too old, or because I, I was 40? Because <laughs> you was 40. Because <laughs> I was 40. Because I was 40, and my kids were getting older, and and uh, well, I just got done breaking my, breaking my neck, and then. I thought, oh, broken, broken neck, that ain't too big a deal. So I come back after that, and then I got my face smushed. And I said, you know what? <laughs> this is, this is, I'm 40. My kids are getting older. My, my boys started, was wanting to start youth football. I wanted to coach this football team. And, and I just, and, and for me to do that, I'd have to be there, you know, and it, it just, it all just of time. a sudden, bull riding, from bull riding was something from the time I was a little kid till the time I was 40, I lived it and breathed it every second of the day. And then all, and this is, this is a funny story. When I quit, everybody asked me, Pee Wee, when are you going to quit? And I don't know if they was just asking or they were saying, Hey, you need to quit. one of the two. <laughs> anyway, you know, uh, I'd say, you know what? I'm not going to, you know, say, Oh, at the end of this year, I'm retiring. You know, mm-hmm. I, no, I was just going to get up one day and just not have, just not want to do it anymore. You know? Yeah. And I was in Anaheim, and I was rooming with Wiley Peterson at the time. And and uh, we got up that morning, and 
and I looked at Wiley. He was already up drinking coffee. And I said, Wiley, he goes, what, Pee Wee? He goes, I quit. He goes, what? Quit what? I quit riding. He goes, shut up. He thought I was joking. I said, nope. Luckily, I bucked off my first bull. Luckily, boy, in the second round, it was one of them that was real easy but looked hard and you can be a bunch of points on, you know. <laughs> Had him, and he did right there around the left. I was like 88 points, something on like that. One, maybe second in the round, but that wasn't enough to get the short round, so I was, I was done. Quit. So, Wiley, you don't – I said, this is my last bull, but only because this one's easy. If this one would have been hard to ride, I probably wouldn't even got on it. I probably got caught up like that morning. <laughs> But I said, all right, I, I can get by this one. <laughs> <You know? laughs> I did. I won like second round. Uh, next flight, I said, all right, I'm I'm done. I flew back to Victoria, and and uh, bull riding was. I literally, I had to control myself from taking my bag, hat, boots, buckles, everything, and throw it in the big old pile, big old burn pile, burn pile, and burn. Because I, I was done. I was completely done with it. So. You don't have none anyway, of that stuff no more? Well, I did when Peyton started riding. He luckily Peyton was a lot taller than I was and bigger than I was. So at a very young age he can fit into my stuff. Yeah. <laughs> so, so he he took he took about everything and what he didn't use he gave to his friends and <laughs> for them to use. So I still got a little bit of, I, I kept some chaps, kept some best, uh, yeah. you know, they're up in the attic. I don't know where they're at. They're up there somewhere. But anyway, yeah, done. I gave about all my equipment to Peyton and actually his rigging bag is still under his bed. It's uh, he got his, he got my spurs rope. He got my spurs, boots, chaps, everything he had still zipped up. Still, well, actually it's not under the bed. It's thrown in the corner. The last place he threw it still sitting right there. Like it never, like it never left. You know, you go into his room, it looks like the last time, you know, just like the last time he left it. <laughs> you know, yeah. nothing's changed. So. Yeah. But you hadn't left it. You're still judging some rodeos and doing some, judging some events. Uh, and when when they call me, I, there at one time, I, you know, I wanted to judge. I started started judging a little bit. And uh, I got real interested in doing like the ABBI, the bull, the bull things, you know, judging those young mm-hmm. bulls and stuff. I, I really like doing that, watching those young bulls try to buck. And, uh, yeah. and then with my job being a landman, there's no telling where I got to be, when I got to be there. You know, it got to where that they could call me, hey, can you judge us still on, the, you know, the, the fourth or the fifth, you know, something. Like that. Oh, yeah. And then a week or so when it comes to it, I'm, I can't make it. You know, I just yeah. couldn't commit to anything because of my job. You know, yeah. I, I didn't know if I was going to be available or not. And I couldn't turn down a judging job for for my real job, you know, so yeah. had to do one or the other. So I, 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 I stuck with the real job. Took the, the real J-O-B. Yeah, the real job. That's what I'm doing, just the real job. Yeah. But it's it's pretty good. Uh, where we're living now, we moved up to North Texas, and, and uh, like Naps is probably – Naps is 25, 30 minutes down the road. I go to Naps sometime on Wednesdays and Sundays and watch Buck Bulls and help kids out there and stuff. Yeah. That's, you know, that's about it. About all I do. Do you miss it? Uh, that is a very, very hard question because. No, I promised you I wouldn't ask you any stupid questions, but I'm asking you. I know it. I know it. Uh, <laughs> I absolutely, I don't. I don't watch it on TV. I barely 
keep up with it unless it just is in my face. I don't know what's going on, who the world cha- last world champion is. I I don't know the I don't know anything about it. I really I just blocked it completely out of my out of my mind. I don't even keep up with it. But I do think about it every single day. Pretty much predominantly throughout the day. I so still you basically you basically don't watch it to keep from wanting it. Fiending. Yeah, Is that I, kind I of a defense mechanism type deal. I don't. It just. I don't know. And, you know, it's just. You know, that's something I, I poured my whole life into. You know, and then then watch Peyton try to do it, and then when when Peyton left us, once he left, it just kind of just left a big kind of like a hole in my life. Mm. You know, I just didn't want to. I didn't. I really don't want anything to do it. I, I mean, yeah. I don't. It, it, but but I still think about it and still love it. You know. Mm-hmm. Every day, I just okay. don't, just don't care about it as much as I used to, you know. Right. So that's kind of like I said, that's kind of a hard question. Because so. <laughs> <laughs> I miss it. I I mean, I miss it. I wish I could go back and 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 do it all over again. Not that I would change hardly anything, but just I miss that that thrill that. The smell you know, of the the hooves coming down the alleyway, the the smell of the burning oh, yeah. burning of the raws in the the dusty, dirty locker rooms, the you know, the 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 camaraderie between the guys back there. That's what I miss the most. And then that that feeling right before you're fixing the nod, you've already taken your wrap and you're sliding up, and that moment just before you nod your head and all hell breaks loose. I miss yep. that point right there. That man hanging out behind the shoots. This before the PBR, like you know, when you hang out behind the shoots, the smell of diesel, you know, the mm-hmm. tractor, you know, smell of diesel mm-hmm. and smell of manure and dirt and all yeah. that. I mean, and all your buddies, you know, and, yeah. and man, that's just you can't you can't beat that. Especially like when rodeo and you're talking to other, you know, the bareback riders, bronc riders down there, and everybody's got a story. Everybody's talking, you know, it, mm-hmm. it's like one big. Family and like he said, man, when he, you hear them slide gates start rolling and bulls start running through there and a bunch of bells ringing and all that, oh man, it, like it's getting my heart pumping right now, you yeah. know. And just yeah. you know, and you go in there and there's big, you know, big arena and a lot of people there and and I remember like Coy Huffman, Pee Wee, you're next. Oh, okay, or Benny Butler, whoever you know, getting on here. So, all right, let's do this. <laughs> you know, and it's, and all of a sudden, it is as crazy as it is, and Cody, you can tell, as crazy as everything is, you're like just calm, you know? Mm-hmm. It's like calm inside. It's a calm crazy, you know? You know and all you hell's just, fixing to break loose, and it's the calm before the storm. And Yeah, just... and it's and it's funny. Like I, I like I used to tell kids all the time, you know, before like, like at the PBR and stuff, there's a, loud, a lot of loud music, lights, and crowd, and all this kind of stuff. And all this noise is going on, but the only thing you can hear is your buddy next to you who's pulling your rope. Mm-hmm. You can't hear anything else. You know, you're just so focused, you know, on what you're doing. You know, you can't you can't hear the music. You can't hear the crowd. Like, if I, don't the crowd pump you up? Well, yeah, when I'm paying attention to them. You know, I yeah. mean, it does. When I get you off. Know? <laughs> yeah, yeah, when I get off and stayed on, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah they pump yeah. me up. You know, I get off and they're cheering loud at the, how loud their cheering tells me how good a ride it was, yeah. you know, or how loud they're booing. Yeah, that's usually <laughs> my deal. <laughs> <laughs> really. 
Cody Cody Lambert always made fun of me. He goes, Pee Wee, I was in, in Napa or Boise or one one of the Idaho ones. And he goes, Pee Wee, you're the only guy I ever knew that was 90 and got booed. <laughs> <laughs> now, I got to know this story. I was 90. I was 90 and got booed. What it was is they had the write-off. Uh, I guess it might have been the Pemmican deal. or I can't remember when the leader of whoever won the round got to get on another. Mossy Oak shootout. It was, what, was that Mossy Oak? Yeah. I guess. Anyway, if you won the first round, you got to get on another one. And Corey Rash was 90-something. I mean, he wrote a book. It's kind of leaked in there and turned back. You know, it was an exciting ride, you know, and he was 90, mm-hmm. 90 I guess. And, and I was one of the last guys out. And, he, you know, Corey was supposed to win the round, and I jumped out there and wrote the book. I was like 91. And they marked me over Cody, and I got booed. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, yeah, they marked me over Corey. I got booed for beating Corey for being 91. I got booed. (laughs) (laughs) What, did you ride to Mossy Oak? Uh, I don't remember. I'm going to probably say no, but I might have. (laughs) My track record, I'm going to say no, but but I – Bins that nobody remembers or nobody, hopefully nobody looks it up. I'm gonna say, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Well, want, you know, yeah, I want a bunch. Oh, I want a big, I want a bunch of money. That yeah, yeah, see, oh, PBR yeah. says they didn't keep very good records, so back then, so yeah, you wrote him. <laughs> no, yeah, I wrote yeah, him. Yeah, I wrote, wrote him. him. Yeah, damn right. I pulled your rope. You wrote him. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Well, what what do you miss about it the most? Uh, I miss. It's funny because I felt more at home in airport terminals. <laughs> you, know? <laughs> you know, that's the truth. It's funny. That is so funny. But I spent so much time in airports. Yeah, like I can sit there and I can I can I can point out the newbies. You know, the, the people who don't fly much. You, know, yeah. you can point them out, like, yeah, yeah. And just watching people in the airports hanging out, you know, and just, you know, okay, I got a five, six, seven, eight-hour layover. Okay. You know, just sitting yes. back watching the, the screens, you, you know. You can see all walks of people in the airport. But looking back at it, that's one of the things I miss, you know, yeah. just always going somewhere, you know. Mm-hmm. And, and and going and meeting people, meeting new people, always went, always liked to go where, like when, when PBR comes to town, there was certain places that, you know, were PBR hosts. And so I like going where nobody went, you know, places where other people, where, where nobody went, you know, and, and there mm-hmm. I was in my hat and boots. Oh, you're with the rodeo, you're at the bull riding, you know, and, and you meet so many people and then you bring, oh, well, yeah, we're going to come tonight, you know, and, and it's, you know, other than, you know, just meeting this town, you know, normal people, you know, yeah. in the city, you know, where we're at, you know. Yeah, because PBR, they kind of went, they, they would stay with, like, they would always go to, like, Uncasville, Connecticut, or, or Greensboro, or Charlotte, or all them big cities. Every year, you'd go back to the same spot. But yeah. in between, back then, they had some turn pros and stuff. They had that three-month break there in the 4th of July run. You could hit some turn pros. And yep. uh, I I went to, I had never even heard of the damn place Tidyuk Pennsylvania went up there to turn yep. pro and and man it I've was, been met, met a lot of good people up there and uh, yep a lot of them rodeos and stuff and then we'd go to I'd always go to 
Bo Davis's run down there in South Texas, he'd have Wimberley, Giddings, Bastrop, all yep. them, and and hit all them down there. That one summer we went, uh, we got the motor on uh, the Winnebago. I don't know if y'all remember that story. <laughs> no. Me, JB, Canner, Luke. Who else was a pistol? Think Willingham. There, there was like four or five of us. We rented an RV. We left Luke's house, and we made like a big circle around the United States <laughs> in this RV. <laughs> and MT, it got to where at one time MTV was following us. We had a cameraman in the RV. This was a big RV, like the, like I could barely, if I stretch out my arms, I could barely reach both ends of the steering wheel, and I had to drive sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, until until Cheyenne, uh, Casey Hayes was hurt, but he flew to Cheyenne just to get in the RV to be our driver. That's what he did. Anyway. Uh, but MTV was with us. We had a cameraman in the RV with us and just filming everything. And that come out and, and a couple people seen it, you know, it, it came out and my little boy was, was watching, Peyton was watching it one time. He goes, dad, I only seen you a few times. I said, there's a reason for that. I said, cause I was with all them idiots. I said, when the camera was rolling, I was usually standing behind that guy. <laughs> I didn't want to have anything to do with what was going on. We like we was somewhere in somewhere somewhere in Kansas, Missouri, or something like that. And, and uh, it was after the bull riding, and, and we had a barbecue place. We all went and ate, and there was a Walmart right there, and we was having an all night drive to somewhere else. And uh, it was Kay, Casey Hayes was with us, and he goes. Uh, after we leave here, I'm going to show y'all the Walmart beer trick. All right. So we went into Walmart. Walmart was right across the parking lot. A bunch of us went to Walmart. And JB and Casey, they got a shopping cart, and they went to the beer section. They loaded that thing up with cases of beer. I mean, as many, as much as fit in there. Went to the self-checkout, and they got that one six-pack. Not the case, the six-pack. <laughs> Tore back the the handle and turn one beer code, one barcode right there and scan that seven or eight times, however many cases we had there. And that lady was sitting there watching us and we got all that for one, like one six pack. Uh, we got all that. Yeah, it was, I can't remember how it went because I was, didn't have anything to do with it. You know, I was standing <laughs> behind the camera. <laughs> anyway, yeah, I don't think you can get away with it now, but you, you can pull back the tab, you turn one beer to where the barcode's showing, and scan that one beer, and it'll charge you for just that one beer. No matter if you had a case or a six-pack, whatever, just charge you for the one. <laughs> that, it don't work. I don't think it works anymore, but Casey Hayes, it worked for him that night. Yeah, no, nah, them Walmart greeters tackle you nowadays. Yeah. 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 No, they'll, they'll yeah that, she was standing right there. She she didn't, I mean, it was not a big deal at all. She didn't even question. I, what did she I look mean, like? She was, was somebody trying she to flirt with her? She cared, really. Anyway, <laughs> she was just there for a check. Well, we she got back, we like got back in RV and, and, and continued our travel around the country, and pretty much. <laughs> It was it was interesting though. That would have been a fun little ride to be on. I bet. I bet that would have been. Oh, been a that's fun where trip. I got my my name went from Pee Wee to Grumpy Grandpa. Is what they call. <laughs> well, by then I was already in my later thirties, and I had 
kids. I got two kids, you know, and and now I got like ten kids I had to look after. You know, <laughs> they those guys pick up after yourself. You know, I mean, make your bed. I mean, come on. I mean, come on, guys. We were actually living in this motorhome. You know, take care of it. You know, I was. Oh, it was. Oh, they they started calling me Grumpy Grandpa. Wow. <coughs> I'm surprised they didn't kick you out. No, they couldn't. They couldn't kick me out. No, they needed parental guidance. They had to have somebody had to have there. Somebody. They needed. They needed. They actually needed. They needed me in there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was the only one that had any sense. Me, I'm the only one that had any sense in the whole RV. That's surprising. After some of mine of your escapades, I, I that that was a that was a train wreck, buddy. Yeah, well, like I said, I was a grown, mature, thirty-something-year-old man. You know, I, I was the, I was the elder. I was the elder of the bunch. I don't even know what I was, but anyway, that's what I was. <laughs> but it's all about the story. You know what I mean? That, that's just something that was pretty cool. With all your career in the rodeo, what was what is the most the memory you you remember the most that you're the most proud of? Oh wow, that's that's a hard that's another hard question. Yes, sir. Uh, you know, I I did actually, you know, I hate to say it, but I did achieve a little bit, you know, and I did get some recognition and all that, which that ain't. For some, like like I was telling earlier, that that don't really mean that much to me anymore. Like I very seldom even wear a trophy buckle anymore, or a hat, or a boots, or anything. You know, it's just the people like being here, talk, seeing Cody, talking to Cody, talking to you guys. That's that's what that's what the I memories. Like about it. The memories you know, is what you like about it. The memories, the memories, man. Mm-hmm. And 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 being a landman, I you know I got travel a lot. People I work with don't understand how I know somebody everywhere I go. <laughs> it don't matter where I go. That's I know somebody around there. Like when they sent me to Ohio that time, I knew people there. I could call them. I hung out with them all the time. You know, I, I knew somebody. I know somebody everywhere. Yeah. You know, all over the United States, Canada, Brazil, Australia. I could go there. I know. I'll know somebody. You know, that's mm-hmm. that's pretty awesome. You know. That's like J.D. Nix. We had him on the other day, and he said, you know, the things and the relationships and stuff that he had made throughout his rodeo career and, and everything he's done in the sport, he said if he got home, if he was homeless and needed a place to stay, it didn't matter where he was in the world, he could make one phone call and have a place to stay. And have somebody. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Exactly. That that rodeo world, that bull riding world is, man, that's a pretty, it's a pretty tight, pretty tight group, you mm-hmm. know, and, and uh, you know, and I wouldn't, you know, any any of these guys need anything. They know I got people that come through here all the time. Hey, Pee Wee, I'm around. You know, they come to the house. You know, mm-hmm. Clayton Fulton got his room in my house. Got a room in my house. <laughs> oh man, I bet he don't Fulton pick up after himself my, either. <laughs> yeah, Cody Custer has. Well, it's Clayton's room. Anybody that comes, it you know, but it, it's it's supposed to be designated Clayton's room. But you know, anybody else can stay there too if they want to. <laughs> <laughs> oh Clayton Fourteen, that's a dandy yeah, there. Him and Lane. Yeah, everybody and like I live down the road from Turnbow. Turnbow's right down the road. I talked to him and and Aaron Seamus don't live too far, and I talked to Aaron quite a bit. Ran into Philip Elkins the other day. Oh my God, wow. me Aaron and Philip Elkins went and seen Great Divide a couple months ago. You know, 
it's just we, we hadn't seen each other in so long and you know we showed up and hey let's go see great divide all right so we went and seen him and you know it's just that kind of camaraderie yeah. you know it's just awesome hey, and it's funny because i hadn't seen like philip elkins i ain't seen philip elkins in years yeah and when i when i met it with him it was like it was yesterday yeah. you know we just picked right up our last conversation mm-hmm. you know it was <laughs> that's the that's the great thing that, that's i was fixing to say because you probably ain't seen them in years, but you see them and then you just pick up like y'all never left. It would just right where you like, left like off. When you called me, like I had heard from you in, in a long time, and you called me, you know, a couple months ago or you know, or later this summer, and we just started talking. Mm-hmm. We talked for like two hours. Yeah, you know, and we haven't we haven't spoken years. You know, yeah. <laughs> Not just by the, I don't know. I just got I, you got to working, and I was a working, and you know that's the thing. Yeah. You know, it, it you, you quit riding and. Everybody's got to go being a, like you said, being a damn adult and and go yeah. do something, and uh, it's it's always I always enjoy it when 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 paths come back and cross again and. Uh, oh yeah, it's 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 pretty awesome. You run into somebody and get get to spend time with them and talk to them like mm-hmm. like this like what we're doing now. I mean, it's all I've been looking forward to this all day. You know. <laughs> <laughs> well, we got to get you up to come play some daggum golf one day. You're not working or something. We got. We go. need to. I need to. Well. Uh, my slice came back. Uh oh. So mine you ne- work on that. Yeah, mine never left. <laughs> it's still there. Let me work on that, and and we yeah we need to go out. Last time we talked, we was gonna go somewhere and play. I can't yeah, it was. yeah. And then you got you got you got called out to work, and we couldn't get it done. Yep, yep, yep. That's that's a, every time I plan something, I can't make it. So. <laughs> I don't want it, it. Just yep. part of it. That's it. Well, Pee Wee, thank you. Thank you so much for being on the show. We appreciate you. Uh, It's been a blast visiting, hearing some of the old stories. That's that's my favorite part of this entire show was hearing the old stories and and the things I missed when I was coming up. And So we thank you. Thank you for being a part of the show. We thank you guys for tuning in. And also, don't forget about checking us out of all all of our social media platforms. Check us out. Give us a like. Give us a view. Share with your friends. And we'll see you soon.